Bokerto, we're going to do more Psukim today. I'm not going to focus on any deep insights because I don't have anything spectacular today. But uh, let's, yeah. let's go to the Psukim. With the blessings of yesterday, we are for eternity, we are blessed. Right. Okay. Pasuk Dalid, right? Pasuk Dalid, Perak Yudbet. Vayelech Avram kasher diber elav Adonai vayelech etolot. Avram ben chamesh shanim v'shivim shana besetom eharan. So Avram goes as God had commanded him. And Lot goes with him also. And Avram, how old is he at this time? He is 75 years old. Avram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all of their rechush, all of their, their property that they had uh, gotten, and the lives that they made in Haran. We'll see what that means. And they go, they, they leave to go to Eretz Canaan, and they approach and they get to Eretz Canaan. So what does this thing mean? And the lives and that they that made... managed to make them go the way of Hashem. That's what Rashi says, correct? Yes. Um, so, so Rashi explains that. What does it mean, the lives that they made in Haran? Do you have the exact Rashi? I want to read his, his words. Translation here is also souls. Yeah, but uh, they're, they, they're translating based on Rashi. Yeah, the here, let me, let me, the souls refer to. Yeah, no, let bottom, me just yeah. find it inside. Yeah, I'm reading, no, I, want, I want Hebrew. Oh, they that's the famous thing. Okay, so let me see. 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 So they brought them under the, the wing of the Almighty. Avram would be working on the men. He would be bringing the men closer to, to monotheism or whatever it was their thing. And Sarah was bringing the women. This is what actually Rabbi Biton said at the wedding on Sunday. He's saying because, because uh, the Khatan and the Kalah are both very, very big promoters of Torah. So he said, ah, it reminds me of Abraham and Sarah. Okay, so, the, so that's, that's what she says. Now there's an interesting thing. If you want to look into like, the, the history of it, um, or, or if you want to get some historical context... I have a feeling what's going on here. This, these people that they're taking with them are the equivalent of like uh, the tribesmen, Abraham's, Abraham's tribesmen. What do I mean? In, in Israel, what we're going to see is that the land of Canaan, Abraham approaches, and that, that especially when Lot gets in trouble with the battle of the kings, how is the land of Israel broken up? Is there one king who controls everything? No, there are four kings. There are more, nine more, kings. More, you know, sorry, nine kings. So how big do you think these kings are? Probably each king was more, not really a king, but more the equivalent of like a tribe. Where they had, I don't know, three, four hundred people under them. Maybe even less, maybe a hundred, hundred fifty people. That's how it was in Saudi Arabia. Like a chief. Before, like a chieftain, chief. that's what I'm saying. Like in India. So, and then, and then, and then whenever... And then whenever Abraham hears about the fact that Lot was captured, how many people does he take with him? 300. 300 plus, 318, I think. He takes 300 people with him and they defeat thing. They defeat all of the, the, the four kings. So it five, seems... Five kings. No, 
the, the four he kings. Four five. The four kings were four the kings. ones that conquered the five so kings. The five, the kings, and then so and then he, he conquered the four kings. So the it, what's interesting is it's it seems like we can't get confused with the word king, the usage of the word king in the Sukim, because all of these things that we're talking about, these groups, these political groups, are all very small entities. And it seems like Abraham already at this point was somewhat of like a, a local chieftain. He had, you know, he had, he had followers. Now what they were following, we don't know, because he, as Borei Olam calls him, he already has these followers behind him. So it seems like Abraham was some kind of imposing, uh, uh, powerful figure already before Borei Olam called him to go to Canaan. But when he does go to Canaan, he goes with all of his followers. And that's why Abraham is a, has the ability to engage in warfare sure. because he's already a chieftain and he already has followers. Okay, so that's, that's what I think is, is Peshat. To be honest, I think that's the Peshat. Okay. Avram crosses the land until the place of Shechem to Elon Moreh, and at that time the Canaanites were in the land. Okay? Pasuk Zain. Vayera Adonai El Avram, Vayomer, Lezaracha Eteneta Aretz Azot, Vayiven Sham Misbeach Ladonai Hanir Elav. So God appears to Avram. Avram, and he says, to your descendants I will give this land. And Avram there builds a Mizbeach, builds an altar to God who appeared to him. What is, uh, so let's keep track, let's count all of the, the interactions between, Hashem and, between uh, Hashem and Avram. And let's also keep track of the Mizbachot, of the altars that Avram makes. Okay? So, so far, how many times did, did Hashem appear to Avram? This is, first this is the second. second. This is the second. second. The first one was, go, go to, from your go land, land and go to Canaan. Now, what's, where does the second one occur? In the land. In the land of Canaan. Where specifically? In Canaan. No. No, which city? Uh, Shechem. 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 Okay, so this second appearance happens in Shechem, and what's the blessing here? That this land. This land, land is, is going to be your descendants, okay? And then Avram, after, after hearing that, he makes an altar. Okay, yes. good. Next, Pasuk Chet. Vayatek misham hahara mikedem levet el vayet aholo. From there, he, he, left, uh, he left to the mountain that was east of Bet El, and there he pitched his tent. Yes. Bet El Miyam, Beha'ai Mikedem. And he was located between where Bet El was to his west and I was to his east. And he builds an altar there. Another altar. And, yeah, and he calls in the name of God. So that is the second altar. This is the second, yes. Second altar, right? Yes. So we have two appearances. God appears. And I'm, I'm counting this just for the sake of clarity yes. because we have to, we two, always run, we two, run through all two. these now altars. We two, two. Yeah, we run through all these altars and all these inter interactions between Hashem and Avram. It's just very good to notice what's, what's, because we, we don't understand. And, and maybe as we understand all of them, we'll, we'll be able to piece together what they all mean, what Avram is doing, if there's any theme. Maybe we won't know of any theme. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm doing this with okay, you guys. We're learning it together. Interesting. Okay. Pasuk Avram haloch hanegba. And then Avram travels down to the south. Okay. So uh, Avram he enters through Shechem. He gets interaction with Hashem. He makes an altar. Then he goes down to Betel, and he makes another altar. But there's no interaction with Hashem. And these, by the way, these are all important places. So Shechem, 
This is Shechem is Harizim and Harival, which is where ultimately Yoshua is going to do the covenant with Ben yes. Israel. Yes. Bet El is where Yaakov Avinu had his dream. So there are already two Mizbachot in places that are going to become a very, very in the future. significant in the future. Okay, good. Pasuk Yud. And then there was a famine in the land and Avram goes to Mitzrayim to dwell there because the, the famine was very great in the land. And it was whenever he approached to come to Mitzrayim. He says to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are a beautiful woman. And when the Mitzrim will see you, they will say, oh, this is his wife. They will kill me, and you they will keep alive. So instead, say that you are my sister. So that they will do good to me because of you, mm-hmm. and that my life will be kept alive on your behalf. What does this word leman yitavli mean? It'll be good for me. What does it mean, good for me? Oh. What does good for me mean? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you the answer oh, yeah, if you want to look. What yitav? What is? They're giving whenever, you presents. They're what, give yeah, you what, is, of, what is Avram saying when he says know. it'll be good for me and uses the word yitav? So yitav or yitav. With the word uh, that that thing of tov has a very specific meaning here, because if you look later in pasuk sixteen, ul Avram hetiv ba'avura, they did good to Avram because of her, yes. and vakar uh, It's material wealth. Yes, uh, because maybe he thought. They would think this is they're the, showering they're him. They're showering, they're showering him. Exactly. With so, so here is where yeah, there's novel theory. I think it's a very convincing theory. That uh, and I said this last year, so it may ring a bell. But um, I, I'm very sensitive, by the way, to saying things in year after year. You, you don't want to, you don't want to become one of those, you know, so who just okay. repeats, repeats the same thing they every year. They were not in the class. No, they were not, they were not in the class, <laughs> and and nobody here, nobody on recording was on the class, so I could say it. Okay, so what was Avram trying to do here? What I'm going to give my sister, I'm going to say my wife is my sister, so that what they're going to take her and not kill me. Okay, at the end of the day, you're still losing your wife. It's a, it's a Pretty big problem, you know? And, and oh, so what's Avram's plan here? Why is he willing, is he like a, you know, later Lot offers his daughters to people, take my daughters, and this is not Avram. Well, oh, take my wife, like, just like that. So the theory that I heard, I think is very convincing, is that Avram, what was the rule back then? The older brother of the woman, they got to decide who the woman is going to marry. Yes. They're like the custodian. So even in a culture like Egypt, they wouldn't just kill him in order to take her. If there was a means to, to dealing with her, to, to getting her without shedding blood, obviously it's preferable. So, so it was, yes. it was, it, he, he was putting himself in a Hastagari situation and then he, he was going to say, I'm just going to drive up the price and make her impossible to get. So that nobody could afford her. <laughs> Now, it's an interesting theory because there's textual evidence later on, and I'll show it to you now. Okay? And when Avram comes to Mitzrayim, the Mitzrayim see the woman that she's very beautiful. And 
and they, the servants of Paro see her, and they praise her to Paro, and the woman was taken to Paro. Ulavram hetiv ba and he paid Avram handsomely for her. But he lotzon uvakar vachamorim va'abadim shvachot va'atonot ugmalim. What is, what word do you keep hearing in that pasuk? What is the, what is the word that stands out to you in, the, in that pasuk? Paro 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 paro. So what what was Avraham's strategy here? He's saying. I'm going to take Sarah, Sarai and I'm going to become the, the, the point person for Khastagari and then I'm just going to say give me 20 million dollars and nobody's going to want to pay and, they have to take you and to then what happens the Mitzrim see her but which Mitzrim see her the, the servants of Paro and then they praised her to Paro and she was taken to Paro his whole strategy was to make it impossible for her to get but the problem was that the the Up one the, the one person one good, the, the one person who could get her it was, was notified about her, yeah. which is problematic for Avram. So now Avram loses her. Now they pay him handsomely for her, but he, he loses her. So now Avram is put in a very precarious situation because his plan doesn't work. He's not able to avoid selling her. She's already taken into Paro's hands, and this is where Hashem is magen Avraham. Yes. Yes, this is where God protects Avraham, yes, yes, even when Avraham doesn't know it. So we, we should also take uh, account all of the times when Borei Olam helps Avraham without him realizing it. And this is the, the most important one, this is the key one. By Naga Adonai et Paro, Negaim Gedolim vet Beto. And God afflicted Paro great afflictions and his household al Devar Sarai Eshet Avraham. By Paro le Avraham, and Paro called to Avraham and he said, why did you do it with me? Why didn't you tell me that this is your wife? Why did you say this is my sister? And I almost took her for a wife. And therefore, take your wife and go. Paro put men upon him, meaning he, he basically escorted him out. And maybe not in a respectful way, but maybe in like a fearful way. Because... Paro is probably straight. Who is this man who God is defending him? Like Paro to Moshe. Right, right. So he sends him out. He sends him out with people. And they send him out and his wife and all of his possessions. So it seems like Avram kept these possessions because he becomes a very wealthy man. Which is also a... You're going to see echoes of this in Ben Israel's story. When they go down to Egypt, they're going to leave very wealthy. So this is Ramban's classic idea of Maaseh Avot Siman Labanim which we also said last year, which you're going to see many, many, many echoes of the occurrences of the Avot happening to Ben Israel as well. Ma'aseh Avot Siman Abanim means anything that occurred to, yeah, to, to, the, to the forefathers was a sign or reflects on to the, the younger ones. To the, to the, to the, it goes on to the children, yeah. Okay, and then uh, let's do a couple more psukim. Vayal Avram Mitzrayma, Mim Mitzrayim, Hu ve'ishov v'chol ha'shelo ve'lo timo anegba. So Avram, they go from Mitzrayim, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him to the south. Ve'avram kaved ne'od ma'mikneh ba'kesel v'azav. And Avram was very, very heavy with cattle, silver, and gold. So he's a very wealthy man, and obviously this is partly due to Paro. But it seems also it was probably due to the fact that he was also a chieftain, as we know, and he was a chieftain. He came to Israel with a lot of servants and and followers Sarah? already. Sarah, Sarah's reaction. Sarah's no, 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 no. We don't know Sarah's reaction. Sarah at she this was point. Freed. But she was in on it because she didn't. 
He told her what he was going to do. She was free. He told her what she was going to do, but imagine how fearful she yeah, was yeah. when all of a sudden it's Paro, who like is the a, one who is Chastel Garden. Right, right. Miskena Esther actually had to go through with it, but, but she... And, and this is why Rabbi Tone always says, this is a level of protection that Avram gets that, calls, that causes Bore Olam to be called Magen Avraham, the shield of Avraham. Because he protects Avraham even when Avraham doesn't realize it. He stops the bad from befalling him before Avram even recognizes that it could happen. Right? So, okay, but, but that was a, a very novel interpretation. And, and, and why, what was the, the proof that this, is, that this is what's happening in the story? Well, first of all, it makes more sense in the concept of, context of our knowledge of Avraham, how he is as a person. It makes more sense that he was trying to avoid having to give Sarai to anyone than that he was just posing in a way where he would give them, he would give Sarai. And then that's why the Pasuk kept saying, and the word got to Par'o, and the woman was taken to Par'o, and I kept referencing Par'o because it's Par'o in this story who is, is, is the X factor, is the person that throws a wrench into the whole, prob- into the whole uh, you know, plan of Avram. Okay? Now the next story is the story of Avram and Lot and their dispute. We're just going to start, I guess, a little bit of Psukim until they start the, the Kaddish. Okay. So now Avram goes on his journey from the south to Betel to the place where he first pitched his tent between Betel and Betel. I'm just thinking out loud. I don't know if this is true, but I, I'm, I'm really just thinking out loud. He left Mitzrayim again. He left Mitzrayim again. He goes back to the place. He's retracing right his steps. Yeah. So what it, what happened at Bet El? By the way, remind he us. Made a, he made a, uh, a mizbeach. Yeah, yes. So by the way, what what do you think these mizbachot mean? What does it mean when Abraham is making mizbachot? I don't know. He's, I'm I'm opening up the discussion. He's thinking God. He's uh, thinking. Uh, it seems like me. I I always thought it was maybe like a public display of of worshiping God, meaning it's Abraham's. Avram is a very outward character. We know from the fact that he already has followers, and he's a very influential character. So it seems like every place he goes and he does a mizbeach, it's a means of declaring God the greatness, in public, the greatness, the greatness of God in public. Like mizbeach is an altar, is where he does he does a do a public sacrifice. It's a very it's a, it's a big public event. So maybe maybe we can we can go with the theory that every time he makes a mizbeach, it's him declaring publicly Hashem and spreading the word about the God that by he is following doing by doing the mizbeach, by doing this public service of God. Maybe. Now, now, what's another thing that I'm just thinking based on reading a text right now? When Avram goes to Mitzrayim, did he take all of his people with him? Oh, very good question. I don't think so. I think it was... No. Just a minimum, bare... Bare minimum. What did the rest of the people do? Stay there. Maybe they were in the Maybe they were still in Beit El. Yes. Maybe, remember what it tells us in Beit El that he does? That he put a tent. Yes. And maybe it means that that's where he pitched his camp. Yes. Meaning all of his people, all of his followers, which are number a few hundred people. To get food. To get food. Maybe, maybe the same way when Yaakov sends people... Uh, sends get, his son to go get, get food, food and to bring it back for the family. Maybe Avram. Uh, it just, the only problem with it is that Avram. Why, you why, why wouldn't he send a servant to go to Mitzrayim and get uh, and get food instead of? And uh, why would he go with his wife? So it's it's a little bit difficult. But maybe whenever it says it does say he pitched his tent in Bet El, and when he goes to Mitzrayim, he goes back immediately back to Bet El, and it tells us in this pasuk. He goes back to the place that he had originally pitched his tent. Yes, so that means that Meaning is, it seems like the tent still, is still, still there. there. Yeah. Maybe, so maybe he made that like a center 
where his followers remained, and that was like their home base. Perhaps I, I, again, this is yes. all conjecture. But it was going to be temporary going to to, 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 to to Egypt anyhow. Yeah, and he knew it was yes. tem- Egypt was a temporary thing. Yes. So he pitched his tent in Bethel. He leaves his followers there, and maybe that's what it means. The Mizbeach is that he instituted like a kanisa, maybe, yeah, so that his followers there could could keep stage, following the way of God. Yeah, yeah, God and then and then he goes to Mitzrayim. Now he comes back to the place where he had originally pitched, where all of his followers are there already. Maybe because also in Egypt, the story makes doesn't if, if Avram is coming with like. 300 plus people mm-hmm. it, it's the story is a little bit it's a little bit awkward it like sounds war. like the way it's, <laughs> right. it, sounds, it sounds like he almost like almost like like a spy like very quietly he went and also him. another reason why it wouldn't have made sense if he went with all of his followers was if he was walking as like a as like a, a, like a chieftain then why would they would they take the wife of Saul no. in all you he may have been more incognito maybe if he went with all of his people they would have thought he's coming in militarily and they would have gotten afraid so maybe he avoided bringing his people again these are all discussions we're just learning together